Jason, nothing can possibly express how happy I am to have you back. Whoa! Oh, thanks. I appreciate it's it. Been like wandering through a dry and dusty land without you. These two past episodes, amazing as those two episodes have been, but I'm glad to have you back. Uh, While the, the people were outraged that I <laughs> were they? Oh, that, what did you just sense that? I all just I could feel it. People in their cars going, "Wait a second. Yeah, because I don't <laughs> remember any this? emails or anything like that. So. Well, I guess it's more of a time. Your ears are tingling. Give it time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is Doable Discipleship. It's a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God. But, you know, I like to call it the show that helps you grow. And we've helped you grow so much so that two of you gave us comment or (laughs) ratings and reviews. Yeah. After we asked. The backstory on this for anyone who's new to the show or hasn't listened to every episode like a chump listen to every episode come on people <laughs> a few weeks ago we said hey you could do us a big favor by giving a rating or a review in itunes and the thousands of you stepped up yeah <laughs> but apparently you had some technical difficulties because only two of those r- reviews actually got through to itunes <laughs> or you just chose two representatives to express oh, all of that's your feelings probably what it is. that must be it well, let's, uh, let's look at a couple of them. We said, hey, if you write us a review and it's nice, then maybe we'll read it on the air. So uh, we've got a couple here that we'd just love to uh, give a couple shout-outs. Uh, you go first, Jason. Oh, I will, I will shout-out from Sherry JJJJ. Thank you, Sherry. Quadruple J. Quadruple J. I wonder if those are initials, like J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Three middle names and a last name. Yeah, all I J. don't know. Um, who said, these guys make me laugh, but don't ramble on too long. They interview great people and provide their own insight. Episodes are, I'm assuming, meant to say not too long or too short and provide great steps to do in your life. Highly recommend no matter where you are on your faith journey. So thank you for the rating and review, Sherry JJJ. We appreciate you, Sherry. Uh, Another one from... Uh, B. Wiley, and this one's entitled Linda and Brandon and Jay. Three names that we aren't. (laughs) Uh, And uh, B. Wiley says, All your guests have been terrific. We love the friendly banter between Doug and Jason. Also Tom Holliday. Uh, Aside from when it's just Doug and Jason, best. Maybe they like that the best? I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. They say, We really love to hear more of Linda and Brandon and Jay. That explains the title. Uh, All good people all destined to be back on the show again i'm sure probably in the near future those are our favorites thanks for all you do love you well we love you too b wiley thanks for taking the time to write a little review well b wiley we do have a series of interviews coming up or that you we've been in mm-hmm. sorry i've been gone <laughs> um yeah but none of these people are are, are are one of them that's true but hey we're, we crank out a new episode every Tuesday. Right. There's always a new guest on the horizon. 52 episodes a year. The rest of you, it's not too late to give a rating or review. Please go do that. We will give you a uh, a, a virtual pat on the back, and we'll be really go. thankful for that. Uh, today, we're talking to a new guest, uh, somebody who's not been on the show before, but I'm excited to, to bring him in. His name's Jason Pogue. Jason is the pastor of high school ministries here at the Lake Forest campus, and uh, he's going to be talking to us today about what are the what are the distinctive uh, ways that we can invest in young disciples? I mean, that's his job is investing in high school students. You probably got some high school students in your life. Maybe you are one. And today we're going to be talking about how uh, 
what the distinctive and important, like the unique aspects of discipling a young person. So he's going to be on today and share some of his wisdom, and I know y'all are going to enjoy it. So stick around. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. This is going to be real good. This is special because he's the third Jason we've had on the show, and I believe that breaks the tie for people with the same name on the... What was the contender for that? Uh, Probably a Steve, I'm guessing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we do have a lot of Steves. (laughs) Would be my guess. That's (laughs) That's probably not wrong. Yeah. Well, could you start off just by telling us a little bit about your background, how long you've been at Saddleback serving in the ministry that you do and all that stuff? Uh, I actually just hit the 15 year mark here Whoa. at Saddleback. Awesome. Wow. So, congratulations, man. Yeah. Crazy. Um, that snuck up on me. So been at Saddleback, uh, almost 20, um, been connected to Saddleback through, uh, actually my youth pastor was Kurt Johnston, who's mm. the next gen pastor here at Saddleback. Mm. Um, so even stayed in touch with him as he, once he got here and, um, but yeah, I've been involved in student ministries almost 20, but on staff 15. So, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Dude, way to go. That's a huge milestone. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that means you've been here almost exactly twice as long as me. Wow. wow. Dude, look at that. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I've got the gray hairs to prove it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to feel train of you too now that I'm a dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does They're that coming. Too. So, so what? What drew you to student ministries? As you said, like you've been doing it now for 15 years here at Saddleback. Yep. So what has drawn you to want to serve and invest in students um, for all this time? Yeah. I actually kind of stumbled into it, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, the church I grew up in had went through a big split, mm. um, unfortunately, and our youth pastors left as part of the split. Um, but our family, for whatever reason, and I don't know what happened to this day, I still don't, mm. but our family, my mom and dad decided we were going to stick around and support the senior pastor and everything that was still happening there. Um, I was a junior in high school. My brother was a freshman in college and our senior pastor came to my dad and my brother and I and said, you guys are basically all that's left that know anything about what's been going on here. Cause we'd been mm. a part of the church for a while. Jason, would you run junior high? Because at least you're a few years older than the junior hires. And <laughs> asked my older brother, who was a freshman in college, would you run high school? We both said yes. I don't know why, because neither of us had a clue what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, or what you were in for. Or what we were in for. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that kind of began my journey. Yeah. I, I really, about three, four months later, uh, a dad of one of the junior high students came to me and was like, hey... I, are you, I know, you're, you know, you're starting to think about college and that kind of thing. I, I hope you're thinking youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not at all. Things. And, but that really began, and he, you know, he kind of spoke some words of encouragement into me and spoke some life into me, which was mm-hmm. super cool and a conversation I'll never forget. But that really began a journey of like, maybe I should think about this. And, mm-hmm. um, and then went on a pretty crazy journey that we don't have enough time for, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed just where God's led me in all mm. the different roles and it's been great. Hmm. Did you already feel at that time that God was drawing you toward ministry as a vocation or was that something that kind of took shape a- after you entered into that high school ministry role? Yeah. So I, it was actually through that conversation, the next few months of unpacking that with my dad and with mm. a few other 
uh, people that I felt like, oh man, God is calling me into ministry. Um, I hit college and actually declared as a, a ministry major, um, but that only lasted one semester because I went through, I think of the feelings that a lot of us go through of, I'm inadequate. Mm. Um, there's no way I could work in a church. If God mm. no, does know all the things I've done wrong, there's this, he's got the wrong guy. This must yeah. be a mistake. Mm -hmm. And so I ran from God's calling for years. Um, but ultimately, you know, God does what he does best and that's maneuver us and get us to where he wants us. And mm -hmm. through some really cool circumstances, looking back because hindsight's sure. 2020, um, God got me right where he wanted me. So mm. it's been a really fun journey of watching God move. Yeah and orchestrate all this in my life. And and now you're the father of a teenager now, right? Two. Oh, so you have two now? I, I, two. I know you have multiple kids. I didn't know that they had all crossed, yeah. that, that many had crossed. So in. I've got a 15-year-old uh, who's a sophomore in high school. I have a 13-year-old who's an eighth grader. So I'll have two high schoolers in just a few months. <laughs> and then I have a 10-year-old who thinks she's 19. So <laughs> in some ways I have three, but... So I, I have to ask this as a as a also a former youth pastor and a dad of two kids who are eventually going to become teenagers. Yeah. Did your years of youth ministry prepare you at all for having teenagers in the home? Please I, say yes. I think it helps. Okay. <laughs> I really do. I, I think just the more you're around teenagers, the more you kind of understand some of their the reasons why they do what they do. Yeah. Um, you know, I part of what I love is just doing research and study on adolescent development, because mm. I think it helps me be a better youth pastor when I know all of the changes that they're going through, not yeah, only yeah. their body and puberty and all that, but mm. understanding brain development and understanding their, just the world that they're in that causes them to think the way they do and act the way they do. And so, yeah, yeah I think it's, That's I think good. it's definitely prepared me. Um, it's still, I've still been a terrible parent at times and lost my cool <laughs> sure. and said things I wish I wouldn't have and acted in ways I wish I wouldn't have. But yeah. I, I do think it helps prepare you. Well, you're talking about development, and, and that, that kind of leads us into the next question, which is, so, you know, what are, let's talk about some of the distinctive things about, about high school students, yeah. or, or just, you know, teenagers in general. What are some of the ways that make them unique in their discipleship journey? And then how can, how can caring adults come alongside them and help them through that process? Yeah, I think, you know, for kids that have grown up in the church— at least here at Saddleback, our children's ministry does a phenomenal job of filling them up with information, with the Bible and with truth and with God's word. And mm. whether that's memorizing scripture or whether that's filling them with stories of faith and, you know, whatever, um, what we then get to do in student ministries is take all of this knowledge that they have and help a student learn to own their faith, right? Mm -hmm. This is the mm -hmm. age, especially junior high, that seventh, eighth grade years are where they really start to question like, man, do I, do I really believe this? Mm -hmm. do, I, do I believe this for me? I, high school, freshman year, sophomore year is where they really start to question, do I believe all of this? Like, in junior high, they kind of wrestle with, this is my mom and dad's faith, or a friend brought me and they seem to like this, but do I is this for me? Hmm. High school is where it's like, okay, I, th I think this is for me, or maybe it's not. They kind of make that decision, but then it's, do I really believe all of this? And how do I know it's all true? Hmm. I can't just trust because this person's telling me. So they're really starting to wrestle and doubt and question, um, which I, I love. I know a lot of parents, you know, when a, a student, I actually just had a phone call yesterday from a small group leader, hmm. a student showed up to their small group Tuesday night and said, I can't believe you guys will actually believe all this stuff. Hmm. And, you know, 
the life group leader was talking to the parents. Parents are freaking out. And I was trying to tell them, I get it. I, it's a scary place to be when you're sitting, when your child is suddenly questioning their faith. But I, you know, I, I told them, I said, a faith that has been tested, that has been wrestled through, that has been doubted and questioned and will always come out stronger. Mm. It, it actually, and I said, wouldn't you rather they question and wrestle through that stuff in the safety of your home as opposed to three or four or five years from now when mm. they're off at college and you don't know who's speaking into their life. You don't yeah. know if they have some wacky professor or a group of friends or, you know, who knows? So yeah. I actually think it's a great thing when they start to question and wrestle. And um, and that and that's kind of where, where we sit. We sit in this space of four years, which are very different years. The mm. high school years each kind of have their own distinctive mm. Um, and so we get to sit in this space and walk through some of, of these years with them and journey through that stuff with them. That's really mm. fascinating and fun and, yeah. and scary. <laughs> yeah. You're really at that stage, you're really watching people take shape. Like yeah. you're watching a person like coming up through junior high, it, the kids are kind of like they're kind of all over the place and they're, they're just starting to figure out who they are. Yep. But don't you think high school is kind of that realm where they start to sort of congeal a little bit and you start to see that. Uh, you start to see the future really take shape there. Yeah. What are some recommendations for parents who are like, you know, maybe they're in that situation right now and their kids are starting to question and they don't really know how to react to that. Do you have any like little tips for them? Yeah. I, I think the big thing is not to overreact. Yeah. Uh, one of the, you know, common saddleback isms we have is um, freak out on the inside, but never on the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no matter what they tell you, right. If they, if they tell you I'm doubting this whole thing, yeah. freak out on the inside never on the outside. Yeah. If they tell you they just had a major moral sin, freak out on the inside because the moment you freak out on the outside and you lash out at them or you you know, you show this huge display of disappointment or whatever mm. it is is the minute that they suddenly question yeah. what they just told you and they'll it's the last thing they're going to tell you. Yeah. Whether the they fact, can trust you with right, it. Right. Yeah. The fact that they told you means they trust you and they're they're comfortable sharing their messiness mm. with you. That's a good thing. Yeah. So just, I would say the biggest tip is be careful of how you respond, hmm. which is tough because our nature, most of us, is to respond <laughs> loud. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, and if you're a parent or a family member or a, any caring adult in the orbit of that of that kid, that freak out is motivated by love, right? Like totally. You love this kid and you don't want to see them take a turn for the worst. But sometimes we can kind of like undermine our own efforts <laughs> to produce something good in them exactly. just by freaking out and scaring, yep. scaring them away, really. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you say are some of the major steps or milestones or kind of checkpoints yep. as you are walking through with students who are young disciples? Is you, you know, in, in high school ministry or whatnot, is you are teaching them what it means to be a disciple. And at that age, it's a lot of learning. It's a lot of trying to navigate perspective. So what would you say are some of uh, of the checkpoints that you kind of look for or, or help to guide towards along that path? Yeah. The language we use is take a next step, mm -hmm. right? So our goal is to help students just take a next step. Because we know that we are, all of us, are we're creatures of progression, right? We've been to the moon, now we want to go to Mars. Mm, Once yeah. we get to Mars, we're going to want to go to Jupiter. It's just how we as human beings are wired, is to progress. Yeah. And so we know that if we can help a student take one next step in their faith journey, whatever that is, 
chances are that's going to set them on a trajectory to take another and then another. And then, and so while that's overly simplified and sounds simple, uh, that really is our goal is, mm -hmm. Hey, what, where are you at? And I think that's a really important thing is to identify where a student is at, where your kids are at. Yeah. Um, and then help them even themselves identify like, well, what's the next step for you? What do you think God would want you to do? Is that to memorize more scripture? Is that to share your faith with a friend? Is that to get involved and start serving somewhere? Is that to read your Bible more consistently? Is that to share your faith with a friend? Like what, what is it for you that you need to do? Yeah. Uh, and then helping give them the courage and the, the skills necessary to do that. Yeah. I love how you guys have structured uh, your life groups for high school right now. Would you talk a little bit about that in the in the thought that you put into into each year yeah. in those different grades? Yeah. Yeah, so as I mentioned a little bit earlier, each each year of high school kind of takes on its own phase. And as we've been doing some research and some adolescent development studying, some brain uh, brain development studying, um Really, we've kind of looked at each individual grade and said, what, what do they need in freshman year? Yeah. What do they need in sophomore year that might look different from freshman year and so on? And so for freshmen, really, the, the word that comes to mind that defines a freshman is change. And I think mm -hmm. that describes every teenager. But, but really, if you stop and think yeah. about a freshman, everything in their world is changing. Yeah. For, for most of them, they're still in puberty. Their school is changing. They're moving from a middle school or a junior high to a high school. Often a lot of them are getting all new teachers. They're getting new classes. Yeah. Uh, they're getting a new campus, you know, just everything, even down to new opportunities are presenting themselves. Mm -hmm. Most middle schools don't offer, you know, uh, something like a track, track and field isn't an option or lacrosse isn't an option, you know, sports and different things. So everything in their world is changing. And so for us in life groups here at Saddleback, we've decided for freshmen, we're going to keep them in a host home in a typical traditional small group type environment because mm -hmm. when everything else is changing, we want at least one thing to be constant. That's smart. For sophomore year, it's where they really start to question like, okay, do I believe all of this stuff? A lot of them are starting to take different science classes that are starting to question creation and evolution and, you know, all that stuff. So we're, we're actually taking them through the Saddleback foundation or yeah, foundations mm -hmm. curriculum, um, that pastor Tom and, and Kay wrote. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it's been awesome yeah. just helping them defend their faith a little bit, but also unpack why they believe what they believe and, you know, the foundations of our faith, really unpacking the difference between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit and all mm -hmm. of these things. So it's been really cool to give them a different structure. Yeah. Uh, they're here on campus, which is unique. Just kind of shakes them up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, junior year, what we know about juniors is that it's the hardest year academically. Uh, and they're really starting to question a lot of what's next. So they can see the light at the end of the tunnel of high school is starting to wrap up college applications are done, yep, yeah. all that stuff. And so we take them back into a host home. Uh, we're not as focused on curriculum. Obviously we have curriculum and we want them studying God's word and all that, but we want to provide a place where they are having conversations where Jesus becomes of, becomes a part of every facet of their life. Mm -hmm. So does Jesus care about what college I go to? Yes. 
Does Jesus care about how I'm doing academically? Yes. Does he care about my friendships? Yes. Does he Mm. care about my boyfriend or girlfriend? Jesus cares about everything and he wants to be a part of everything. So let's put you in an environment with some leaders who you can talk through all of that with. You're in a safe home where you're far more open to, you know, bringing up some of those tough topics. And Mm -hmm. so that's juniors and then seniors. uh, Really, we want to prepare for what's next. Mm -hmm. And so we've been identifying just some things that, man, it would be great if seniors, before they head off to college, you know, knew some stuff about Christianity and about their faith that we haven't been able to unpack at our weekends. Uh, and so we're taking them through the class structure. Hmm. So class 101, 201, 301, and 401, um, giving them opportunities to become members, helping them learn um, some some spiritual habits helping them understand their shape, how they God mm-hmm. uniquely wired them. Uh, and then lastly, that they were made for a mission. They're, they, they need to be serving. And when they, fi- when they leave here, if they leave here to go to college, that they would find a place to jump in and continue this faith journey and not let it just drop off like sadly so many do. Yeah. Man, I absolutely love the intention behind that, thinking sequentially and having a pathway for students. There's nothing haphazard about the ministry that you guys are doing, and I yeah. I just appreciate that so so much. Yeah, uh, it makes me feel great. You know, like you know, in a few years' time, when my daughter is entering into the junior high and high school years, to know that that she's entering into a ministry that's thoughtful. Uh, it, it you know, I think for adults on the outside, youth ministry can look chaotic. Yep. But what they don't realize is that there is real method in that in the appearance of madness. Yeah. And man, that just that gives me a ton of confidence and a lot of appreciation for what you guys do. Thanks. Yeah. You, you mentioned a minute ago, um, you know, talking in, in life groups about um, the hard things of life. Can you, can you talk a little bit about some of the pitfalls for students and, and how we as adults can help them navigate those hard moments? Yeah. I, I think the biggest one right now, and I think times are changing, right? I mean, I don't, doesn't take much to look around and recognize that. I think the world our teenagers are growing up in right now is far different from what we grew up in and mm-hmm. from what our parents grew up in. And yeah, um, but I think right now the toughest thing for our teenagers is just their worldview perspective. That right now, if you you know aren't in agreement with what everyone else believes, mm-hmm. man, look out! Mm-hmm. You are going to be scrutinized and persecuted and right. um, which is scriptural. Right. We yeah. know this. And yet it doesn't make it easy. Just yeah. knowing like, well, Jesus was persecuted. Okay. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> doesn't make life easy. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, hard for, I mean, it's hard enough for adults to endure oh, that, gosh. but for a student to have to endure that is even tougher. A student who's already, as we've talked about already, going through all these changes, trying yeah. to figure out who they are. They're, they, you know, they lack a ton of confidence and security and, right. you know, teenagers are some of the most insecure people on the planet. Oh, yeah. And now we compile all of this, you know, the social media craze, all of that stuff. Yeah. There's a reason that, you know, suicide is quickly moving up the ranks of the most common deaths for teenagers. It's number two now. Mm -hmm. Um, Depression is on the rise. Anxiety. I mean, the number of students I meet that struggle with anxiety is off the charts. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I think it's tough for for a student to navigate uh, high school, whether it's public or private, doesn't seem to matter with this Christian worldview, this yeah. idea of really holding on to, you know, the, the truth, yeah. not this common age of moral relativism of, well, what's right for you is right for you. And what's right for me is right for me. But Your truth, my truth. Yeah, yeah. It's no, we actually believe that, that there is one truth and that's Jesus. And that's our model. That's who we're going to follow. And mm. it might not be popular. It might not be what the world says, but 
it's what we're going to hold on to. And so I think that's one of the biggest for our teenagers right now is they're just really wrestling with how do I hold on to this truth that I've grown up believing? And, and I think deep down, most of them are like, I still believe it, but man, the minute I speak up about it or someone finds out, I, I get attacked and uh, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, no, that really is. I, I remember going through that in high school too and, and feeling that, uh, feeling that tension between worldviews and not really knowing what to do with all that. And, and really it was the, it was the, the adults in my life that were help were able to help me and shape me and help point me in the right direction that were really helpful in that. Uh, but that is a, that is a tough, tough process for anyone to go through. Yeah. And I think if you're a parent listening to this, I would say engage in those conversations, yeah. be intentional because you know, your home is typically the safest space and place for a teenager. And so if you're not having those conversations there, man, it's going to be tough. And speaking courage into your life. You know, we, we go back to Joshua one nine with our teenagers. We probably use that verse Hmm. half of our weekend services and because (laughs) we're just like, man, be bold, be courageous. You can do this. God is with you. Um, so it's, it's really important that parents it's, it's scary but you've yeah. got to be talking about it and helping them build up that courage to stand tall because they are going to face it. Yeah. yeah. So. And that's actually, by having those conversations with your with your teenager, you're actually modeling that courage. Yeah. Because you're probably not feeling <laughs> super great going into that conversation either. And you're sure. like, the question I'm sure comes to mind, like, what if they ask me questions that I don't have the answer to and yeah. how do I navigate that? It might be a learning experience for everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we're told to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And yeah. if we don't know how to think, then we don't know how to live. Um, so if we don't lean into that process, then we're really not helping. We're not helping our teens. Yeah. yeah. Jason, what's next? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of in, a, in that same vein, but how would you then define success in the ministry? So what do you want a person to who is graduating, who has been through high school ministry and is graduating, is going off to college, what do you want them to be leaving with? Yeah. We, we have a list of ways that we've defined as success in HSM. And, um, you know, one of them is we want students to be able to articulate their own faith. So we want them to know what they believe and to be able to articulate. I think that's the big thing mm-hmm. is um, they need to wrestle through that a little bit of how do I, when someone says, well, what do you believe? Mm. You, you should probably be able to answer that. Yeah. And sound intelligent. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a that's a big one for us. Um, we we win when high schoolers fall in love with the community of the church, mm-hmm. not just HSM, right? We we one of the things that's so great about Saddleback is we're a big church that provides lots of opportunities. Um, one of the one of the downfalls of that is we can often kind of segregate our kids and then our teenagers into their own little private space. Yeah. Um, it's why we started this thing called Worship Together Weekend several mm-hmm. years ago. Is we actually realized at some point this might not be the healthiest thing to just keep teenagers <laughs> mm. in their own separate sp- like mm. they need to be standing shoulder to shoulder with adults and seeing well what does it look like to be a part of the bigger community church yeah um and so when we can help teenagers fall in love with that and recognize like hey you don't just get to be in your own little cute space forever like at some point you're going to have to become an adult and and adapt to this um that's a big win for us as well. Hmm. I would say uh, when we help 
students understand that there is a world bigger than themselves. Hmm. And we do that a lot of ways, primarily through our serve opportunities, whether that's, you know, here at our, our food pantry, mixing it up with those who are homeless and understanding like we live in an affluent area and most of our kids have never had to worry about where their next meal is coming from. Yeah. But 15 minutes down the road, there is a world of people who that mm. is their struggle every day. You don't even mm. have to go, you know, we have a group of students right now in Rwanda and obviously that is a huge perspective shift yeah. and change, but you don't have to go across the world. It's in our backyard. Yeah. Um, so helping them see and understand that. I think when we help high school students understand that it's not just about loving God, but it's about pursuing him daily. Like it's, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people just in this world, Hey, do you, do you love God? Well, yeah, I love God. I'm good with God and I are good, <laughs> but are you pursuing Jesus on a daily basis? Right. Are you trying to become more Christ-like tomorrow than you were today? Yeah. That's a whole different conversation. That's a yeah. whole different life. So that's a big one. Uh, I think for us, it's anytime we have high schoolers who are comfortable inviting a friend to church when they're learning evangelistic tools and taking advantage of those opportunities, that's a win for us. Cool. Um, and I think the last one for us is we want, uh, we want our students to know that they're not the, the church of tomorrow, but they truly are the church of today. And so when we see high schoolers taking ownership of our ministry, yeah. uh, man, that is, that is a huge success for us. Like you don't have to wait to do ministry. You can <laughs> do it right now. Uh, and we provide lots of opportunities for them to get involved. So yeah. That's great. I mean, you, you guys even do something, you, you even let different schools own the weekend, right? Yeah. They literally take over the entire weekend experience, right? We're actually in the midst of planning that right now. The Sweet. month of March, every year, we we pick three of our local high schools, mm -hmm. uh, and they, the students from their high school, do everything. There are no, no one from my team, no adult is on stage at any point during wow. those three weekends. So they, they, we get together with them, and we guide them along the way, but... Yeah. Uh, they plan, Hey, what do we want to talk about? What do we want the theme of the weekend to be? And we're, mm -hmm. you know, we help them think through their audience. Well, if you're going to invite your non-Christian friends, then we probably shouldn't dive into something, you know, that only Christians need to hear about it. Right. It needs to be evangelistic. And, um, but yeah, they, it's all students in our band, which is normal for us, but right. students from that school, uh, they, you know, if we, if they choose to play a game or do a video, they shoot the video, edit the video, they host the whole weekend. Uh, they That's design fun. all the graphics and it's, it is, it's awesome. It's one of the That's best. Sweet. <laughs> and a student's far more likely to invite a friend to church when they're in charge of it. Yeah, when right. they're like, Hey, come see me. I'm going to be doing this or <laughs> sure. I'm going to share this or, yeah. uh, so it's a great opportunity for them to have an easy way to invite a friend. Yeah. And I guess it, it helps make sure that the ministry reflects who they really are too. <laughs> it makes me think of like, you know, I think sometimes in youth ministry we can end up like, like adults create the ministry that they envision that they, they that they think the kids want, yep. but they're totally off. There's that meme, there's that Steve Buscemi meme oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, He's yeah. like, "Hello, fellow kids." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's sometimes what we do when we try to interact with students and we just miss the mark. Totally. But letting them just do it, let them be the ones that yeah. that make it all happen. Yep. Tell me some of the ways that students have impressed you over the years. I mean, we've talked about pitfalls and how how we adults can invest in students, but what are some of the ways that they've impressed you? And what are some of the lessons that you or other adults have or can learn from students? Yeah. It's interesting. Teenagers are in this phase that we call already, but not yet, right? Mm -hmm. They, you look at them and oftentimes you're like, man, you're an adult. Like you get yeah. this, you act like an adult. Right. 
but you're not an adult yet. <laughs> like we all know. I, but then I, you have that moment of, yeah, uh, yep. you shouldn't have done that. But I remember being 17 and 18 and feeling like, man, this world isn't so hard. I got this thing figured yeah. out. And then two years later being like, oh, I'm a dummy. Oh yep. my gosh. So um, it, it's fun to be, to see students in that and then have them surprise you, which I, they do a lot. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen a lot of students who are taking their faith more seriously than most of the adults I know. Yeah. And like really putting their, their faith in action. Um, we've got a student who, man, he's probably been in the baptism water, in the baptismal with me, baptizing other students uh, uh, just a ton this year. Because mm-hmm. it seems like every kid that steps forward and says, hey, I want to get baptized, and we you know, we put them through this little interview process to make sure they understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. And then usually I'll ask them, well, like, well why, why are you getting baptized? What's the... And almost always it's like, well, Kyle challenged me too. <laughs> We've been talking about our faith, and, and I hadn't done it yet. And so he was like, well, why are you waiting? You need to do that. And I, I mean, this kid's a senior in high school, and he's challenging his friends to take a next step in their faith. And so yeah, that's cool. uh, it, it's been really cool to watch him just step up and yeah. and even lead his peers, which is so intimidating and tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got another student who she serves on our student leadership team. So again, a senior in high school, so she's 17, maybe just turned 18. Um, but she, every week, leads a team of, of other high school students and they come into our office and they take all of our comment cards our prayer that have prayer requests and all sorts of things on them and they pray over them by name hmm. they pray over them one at a time and then there's a little checkbox that says i would like someone to follow up with me and if they've checked that box she follows up with every single one of them man and if it's That's hey cool. I'm, I'm lonely i need to make a friend she she finds someone from their school and helps hand off and make that connection i mean it just is Mind-boggling, and yeah. th- these are these weren't even like our ideas of we need to do this. It was them stepping forward and saying, "Hey, we're seeing that this could be a benefit to our community. We need to make this happen," hmm. uh, and we empower them to do so. That's so incredible! I love that man. Yeah. We have one more story. This one is we have a student who um, she really wanted and and felt like God was leading her to invite four of her best friends to summer camp with us last summer. And summer camp's expensive. It's you know four hundred and fifty bucks or whatever. Hmm. But it's also life-changing. I mean, our summer camps are, you know, Rick talks all the time about how God called him into ministry at a summer camp. My life was changed at summer camps. Um, And so she invited these friends, and all four of them said, hey, I'd love to go, but I can't afford it. Mm. It's, you know, I've got all sorts of other things happening, and I just... And so she said, well, if money's the obstacle, I'll I'll figure it out. And she began babysitting about nine months out from summer camp. Mm. And she raised or earned uh, $1,000 over the course of that time. And then she put down a $250 deposit for each of her four friends, which cut their payment by more than half. Yeah. All four of her friends ended up coming up to summer camp with us this past summer. Oh, and three man. of them accepted Christ oh, as their savior. Dude. <laughs> That's really cool. Unbelievable. That blows my mind on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> The, the foresight that she showed in starting mm-hmm. in advance, yep. and like she was obviously thinking and caring about these friends way before camp ever arrived. And then just the execution, sticking to that, man. And a teenager giving up $1,000 yeah. of <laughs> their hard-earned crazy. money, man. I get my own kids to struggle with tithing, you know, a few bucks. <laughs> yeah. Here this kid is. Man, so. that's incredible, dude. Yeah, really that's cool. cool. That's really neat. Well, it's a testament to the work you guys are doing in training them. I mean... Students don't just magically 
turn out that way. They don't just magically embody the character of Jesus Christ. You know, that's not an automatic process. And so the way that you guys have guided them, I know, is, is it's to your credit. It is. And I, you know, a big part of that is it's parenting. Yeah. You know, we are, sadly, there are a lot of parents in this world who are sending their kids to youth pastors like me and to churches like ours and saying, Hey, I'll make sure my kid stays out of trouble and gets good grades. Keep them fed. Yep. You You make, you make sure they know about Jesus. You make sure they have an active faith. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, we actually did some, some, um, some arithmetic Mm -hmm. and discovered that if a student came to every single weekend service that we put on Mm -hmm. and showed up to their life group every week, we added up all that time and we discovered that we get a student for 2% if they come to everything, 2% of their time. Yeah. So to, to, you know, it just shows you in 2%, we can only do so much. Right. We, we really do need to partner with parents and other caring adults in that student's life to help challenge them and and move them forward. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's good. Well, let's talk about doables. Now it's, it's, yes, it's that wonderful time where we hit some doables. Um, so first off, are there any sort of books or resources or whatever that, that you found especially helpful as it relates to caring for students? Yeah, there's a few. I think, you know, my favorite one is a book called Sticky Faith. Hmm. Uh, it's by Kara Powell and mm-hmm. the Fuller Youth Institute. Um, but really the the idea is they, they took a group of students and followed them from high school into college mm-hmm. and studied them and kept up with them and talked about uh, and, and tried to discover what is it that makes someone's faith sticky. In other words, they went from being a follower of Jesus in high school and continued to be a follower of Jesus in college. Because sadly, right now, the statistics are somewhere in the 50 to 60% drop-off rate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's been a big one for us. There's a parent version of that book. There's a youth worker edition of that book. Mm. Um, But it's just phenomenal. It has really guided a lot of how we... um, how we've decided to model our youth ministry and the things that we do to help a student's faith become sticky. Cause that's the goal. Yeah. I don't want them to just love high school ministry at Saddleback, but then the minute they graduate from here, it's all for not like yeah. I want their faith to last them an eternity. And so uh, that's, that's been a big one for us. Um, there's another book called it's just a phase. So don't miss it by Reggie Joyner and Kristen Ivy mm. that really looks at a lot of what we've been talking about. This idea that, Teenagers are going through a lot of phases, and so it, it kind of breaks down each phase, uh, all the, starting all the way back in like preschool up through college, and helping parents and youth workers and caring adults identify the phases and how to best care for for students in those phases. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple others. Understanding Your Young Teen by Mark Ostriker, really good for parents whose kids are moving from elementary school into middle school or junior high. Mm-hmm just understanding all the changes that are happening in them. Um, and then, you know, just with the way our world is moving, there's so much confusion uh, just around gender and sexual identity and all of that. And there's a phenomenal book called Living in a Gray World by Preston Sprinkle that has been um, really beneficial and helpful to a lot of parents mm. and to us as youth workers and us as a church even mm. of just helping um, teenagers and parents and us understand Man, where is God in the midst of all this gray area? This, yeah. there, you know, what, what seems to be gray and not clearly defined. Yeah, where is God in the midst of all that? So, yeah, mm-hmm. He's done some amazing work on that topic. He really has. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the the listener that might be out there. Maybe they're a Saddleback member and they live, you know, 
somewhere close to one of our campuses and, and they are feeling like a tug to start investing in students and maybe get involved in junior high or high school ministry at one of their local campuses. Is there a step they can take to do that? Yeah, uh, we would love for some caring adults to get involved in the lives of teenagers. Uh, here at our Lake Forest campus, we actually have a shortage of leaders. Mm. We, we mm. had um, over 1,100 high school students register to be in a small group this year. Wow. And we've got about 80 students who are on a waiting list on standby because we don't have enough leaders to mm. lead them, mm. which I get. It's intimidating and a little bit scary, but the truth is, you know, we'll train you, we'll equip you, we're going to encourage you along the way. Yeah. Uh, all of our, our groups are co-led, so you, you're not gonna, we're not going to put you out on an island by yourself. And, <laughs> yeah. um, but one of the best ways is you can go to our website, highschoolministry.com. There's a link at the top that says serve and click that. Uh, our application is good no matter what campus you're at. Mm. So even if you submit it to us but tell us, oh, I go to Anaheim or San Clemente or wherever, we can even forward it on for you. That's probably the simplest way. Great. Um, from there, we take your application and bring in for an interview and really get to know you and kind of make sure that it's the right fit because the last thing we want to do is, I mean, we want to set you up for success. We don't yeah. want to bring you in and have you frustrated and end up quitting because we gave you false pretenses or something like that. <laughs> right. So we, we hopefully do a good job of adequately preparing you for what's ahead. So yeah. Yeah. Dude, thanks so much for coming and sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Do really this again soon. Would love it. So thanks for having me. Any uh, closing word of encouragement to those listening as we wrap up? You know, I would just say, Pray for your kids. Mm. Pray for the kids that are in your life. I, you know, I think we can't underestimate the power of prayer. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's one of the best things that you can do is for any teenager, whether they're a neighbor, whether they're a, a grandkid or a nephew or um, whatever, I think just be praying for our teenagers. They are living in a day and an age that none of us will ever understand because it is just so different. And so mm. um, be praying that God would give them strength and wisdom and encouragement and boldness and courage and all of that stuff. So yeah. yeah. Anybody out there listening right now, just take just take a minute, right? We're talking doables. Here's a doable for you. Just stop as soon as you're done with this episode, pause and pray for the things that, that Jason's just talked about. Start praying for the students in your life and we'll we'll do the same. Hmm. Dude, thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks, Everybody, man. thanks for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts. Send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.